everyone and welcome back to the Racing Mentor Sponsorship Podcast. As always, I'm here with racing driver Toby Trice. How are you doing today, Toby? I'm good, Jess. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Buzzing. Yeah, me too. Another episode. Um, these are going down really well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm excited about this one. It might not be necessarily as positive as we normally are, but I think it's an important one. For sure, but we'll put a positive twist on this and um, there's some good tips to come. Absolutely. So Jess, um, the webinar was last Tuesday. How did it go? Yeah, it went really well. Like it was so nice to talk about how to build relationships with potential sponsors. Like in every all of the training that I've done, you know, over the last few years, I've always talked about how important it is to approach warm leads where you can. But I've never really done any formal training on how to create warm leads. So it was really nice to kind of go through all of the ways that you can kind of get in touch with business owners and decision makers that you don't know and warm them up before you pitch. And I am quite excited to see the results of the homework that I set everyone before tonight's webinar. I asked everyone to, you know, send out a few little kind of relationship building messages to dream brands to see kind of how they got on. And and then tonight I'm going to teach like the anatomy of a winning sponsor pitch. So we're going to go through like pitches that have that have actually won sponsorship and you know what makes them stand out and what makes them appealing sounds super exciting i mean it's a really important step what you taught last week and you know the whole relationship building part is really really key to brand new sponsors and ongoing sponsorship jess isn't it it's a really important part yeah exactly and then someone asked me the question you know like how many relationships can you be building at any one time and i think it made me realize that people think about this too clinically it's just about making new friends and having chats on social media you don't really need to force it but I you know I feel like I'm doing this every day because and I know you are because you're you're like me you're quite chatty and you know you like to engage with people online and I think that's actually a skill a lot of racing drivers or like racing parents need to learn is just get used to chatting to folk online because you never know what might come of it absolutely yeah and and i just like i say i just love chatting to people and finding out about their story and why they created the business and all the cool stuff that they've got going on and you know that genuine interest really comes across and like i say when you've got kind of a good structure with it as well then yeah the more the merrier really you don't know who you're going to talk to next so um that's part of the excitement right yeah exactly so in this podcast today uh we're going to talk about what drivers are getting wrong and i'd love to be talking about what people are getting right but that doesn't help anyone does it (laughs) so um i i I guess let's first talk to you toby about kind of before you started your sponsorship journey did you kind of have any preconceived notions of what sponsorship should look like and what the approach might be based on what you knew from other drivers yeah, I mean, I knew very little. I never really looked into sponsorship prior to actually becoming a racing driver because it, it did come of a bit of a shock kind of out of the blue, I guess. But in the in the kind of weeks or months leading up to me meeting you and getting your book, I was very much on the kind of imagination that it was still kind of a stick on a race car and you'd go to the companies and say, hey, I'm a racing driver, how would you fancy sponsor me? And I actually thought that was the the angle. And since then, I've I've obviously developed my own skills through for your help Jess and that complete mindset is is totally totally wrong so yeah I was I was straight two feet in and and doing it all completely wrong to start with but thanks to you Jess I've kind of <laughs> I've learned my way and you know what I did exactly the same thing when I was when I was first running my marketing agency before I kind of wound it back up again I helped out a friend who was doing karting 
by getting him sponsorship and I was exactly the same I thought it would be a sticker on the car and you know the businesses would be there to kind of support him I was completely wrong and like the way that I learned all of this was just by getting it wrong so I don't want anyone who's listening to this and all the stuff that we're about to say to get really disheartened that they've been doing it wrong for so long because at least you're in the right place to kind of learn the best way to do things but I'm very much of the mindset that we can learn from our mistakes and you do sometimes just have to muddle through and get stuff wrong yeah and i think with with getting stuff wrong is it's the only way you learn we we all make mistakes you know even now i do you know there's no harm making mistakes but i think as long as you kind of learn from perhaps mistakes you've made in the past and embrace it and take education tools to take you forward then you're kind of in a better place but that's why we're here to make a positive spin on it i know there'll be a lot of drivers here in this um in this podcast listening that perhaps have raced maybe two three years self-funded or through through a sponsor that's been a voluntary sponsor from someone in the family or 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 whatever but but now you're looking to elevate your your kind of racing career and climb the ladder where it becomes more expensive and learn these you know learn these skills to help elevate your your motorsport career yeah so i want to kind of start with the big ones first and the i think the biggest one that I see people doing still when they send me pitches is they're not including any obvious benefit to the company. There's no like, this is why you should sponsor me and this is how it's going to affect you. Yeah. And go back to previous episodes, Jess, isn't it about features and benefits? Super, super important part is talk about how it can benefit a company, right? Do your research, do your homework. And then, uh, and then you've got kind of something that you can go by that actually benefits the company that you're talking to. Exactly. So um, anyone that's kind of wondering where they can find that podcast, I think it's episode four, where we kind of go into the details of like everything that that you might be offering within sponsorship. Um, So hospitality, social media events, that kind of stuff. We go into the clear benefits of those. So you can kind of go and take some inspiration from that. But kind of as part of that, I see that drivers are talking way too much about themselves in their pitch emails as well. So they're they're going in and just saying, hey, I'm a a racing driver who's won things and I'm great and you should sponsor me. And it just doesn't work. No one cares. Further down the line, they'll care. And, you know, that's when, you know, your your win record becomes important. But you need to make that relevant. So you need to make it clear that they should work with you from a business point of view. So then they can get excited about who you are. Yeah, completely. I mean, I've had recently some firsthand experience with this with, with my current sponsors that they've received emails from several racing drivers where they've said, Hey, I was 2018 champion. Please sponsor me. I'll put your sticker on my car and it'll be live ITV4 coverage. And my sponsor, I've got such a good relationship with that I can talk really openly about sponsorship and, and how kind of we operate. And just to hear their thoughts was really interesting. They were just like, I don't care. <laughs> There's no benefit to my company that you were a champion in 2018 and my car or the sticker on the car is going to be on ITV4 and you know that's genuine feedback right that's a, that's a real case scenario that's actually happened mm. um so yeah to turn it around you know let's, let's turn this into a positive thing yes it's great that you know there there are champions out there I'd love to be a champion one day and my sponsors also will love for me to be a champion one day but initially um that doesn't benefit a company so you've got to twist it around and look at how you can show benefit to a company and then like you say Jess later on down the line for sure let's talk about championships with one and and all the cool stuff but that's all part of the rapport building process 
Exactly. And actually, this goes back to the webinar that I did last week in that, you know, if you build a rapport with someone first, they already know who you are and they're excited about your story. Yeah, that's right. So um, another one that I still see people doing and actually probably the people who are listening to this podcast maybe don't do this anymore because I feel like I've hammered this home so many times to like the, the racing mentor audience, but blanket emailing people with the same pitch does not work. You might get one you know, sponsorship deal that's like 20% off some tires, or you might get a hundred quid, but it's not going to be life-changing amounts of, of money. If you're blanket emailing people, you need to create very personal emails that again, it always goes back to benefits goes you need to talk about those benefits for that specific company because generic benefits don't benefit anyone. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to, just to turn this around and put us racing drivers in the sponsorship shoes, I'm sure many people have had emails in the past through their actual email inbox or maybe their LinkedIn inbox or social media where someone will say, Hey, you're on social media. You'll look at your look like you can grow your, your followers. I can help you do that with these three points. And it will say X, Y, and Z. And it clearly is not personal to me. It's clearly just my name has been changed on hundreds of thousands of emails that have been pumped out by some bot. And how many times do you just look at that and go, Oh, delete. That's, yeah. that's the first thing you do. So if you're doing blanket emails, business owners and potential sponsors are fully aware that these sort of emails go out. They probably get a lot more of these kind of blanket emails from all different you know, walks of life and industries because there's lots of things that can help their business grow. And if they're just going to see a non-personal kind of blanket email sent out that's really obvious, then what are they going to do? They're just going to hit the delete button and you could be offering the most amazing sponsorship deal of your life. Like you could really help that company, your kind of goals align and everything would work out. But if you've just sent a blanket email to them, then why would that sponsor even think about considering you as a sponsor? Yeah. And I, I think that there's a thing here in that commute communicating benefits is all well and great, but if you're blanket emailing someone, they're not going to be afraid to hit delete or even hit spam if the the message isn't personal whereas if you address it directly to a person you address something that they did that they've recently done on twitter and you ask them a question that's quite clear to their business they're going to feel much more guilty if they delete it or don't reply to you because they realize that there's a real human being behind that email whereas like just like your example toby if you're sending something that looks like it's come from a bot that's just changed the names um they're not going to care if they hit delete no, because they're not accountable for it because they've just kind of glanced over it and just gone, oh, you know, delete. <laughs> it's it's yeah. so easy to delete that. It's a bit like junk mail through your, through your letterbox. If you see some badly branded, um, you know, not well-written kind of piece of copy from, I don't know, from a company, I don't look at them. I just go straight in my bin. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and it goes back to, I think I mentioned it in one of the previous episodes where, you know, that that through my letterbox, that analogy of, of a piece of mail coming from my letterbox could be amazing. It could be sending a great service, a great product that genuinely could help my life. But I just like, oh, not bothered. So yeah. um, we're in this modern world now, Jess, aren't we? Where building relationships, it goes back to your last week's webinar, building rapport with people and actually creating interest is far better than just sending out a blank email. Mm. Um, and just a little tip for, for kind of emailing, um, because I think a lot of people get quite worked up on making sure it's very like properly worded the most success I've had out of my emails I've sent to people is where I've actually emailed on quite a chatty way 
arguably it's good or bad. I, I have got more success, so I've actually preferred to sort of email in a more chatty way because my personality comes across then. And then when people talk to me on the phone, they're like, oh, okay, this is Toby. This is the guy that um, that's quite friendly, quite happy to talk to me about X, Y, and Z. Um, I don't know about you, Jess. What are your thoughts on that? I'm quite a chatty writer anyway. Um, I know that there are so many people that have read Get Paid to Race that are like, oh my God, it's like having a chat with my best friend. It really is. Um, I think that's Lindsay Close that said that, um, which is obviously the best compliment I've ever had ever. Um, and that's exactly what I wanted from the book. So I think that's very much my style. I think chatty comes across really well. Like you're not a lawyer. You're not, you know, trying to impress anyone with, with how you write. And often it comes across as really disingenuous. And I think like if it's forced and if it's not real then anyone who's reading it will again think oh is this a bot so but if there's a bit of your personality in there maybe there's an emoji I always put an emoji in a pitch email these days um (laughs) things like that show that you're a real human being and again it's much harder to delete an email from someone that's clearly you know written to you personally and I always see this in as a journalist I get tons and tons of press releases and they're all clearly sent by real people and I delete most of them or ignore most of them because they're not relevant which is again do your research I do not write about fashion anymore (laughs) um but if a journalist even if the the press release itself is irrelevant if a journalist goes hey Jess I saw that you're doing this and I thought this might be relevant I'll reply to them and say no sorry it's not for me or I'll take a look or whatever I'll at least reply so I think the, the biggest thing about not blanket sending emails is that at least you'll get no's. And I know that it, this sounds really silly, but getting a no is actually a big win because it at least means that your email has been read. It just might not be right for that business. Whereas if you're blanket emailing, you'll never know. They're probably just getting deleted, which is way worse. Yeah, completely. And it kind of brings us slightly onto our next point is, um, I think it's going back to kind of researching your the businesses is that in the emails or sending out to people, most people don't actually talk about what the business goals are. Mm. And I think that's, that's where a lot of people do actually go wrong is because you've, you've not even acknowledged where that business is heading or perhaps they've got like a 25 anniversary this year or something, or they're doing something really cool at an event if you're not acknowledging those kind of things, you're really missing the trick because actually they're the things they're most proud about. Mm, absolutely. And I, there's, um, well, I know we've talked about this on, on previous podcasts, but I think if you can link what you're doing to something that they're doing, so it might be a big event, it might be an anniversary. If you can link like the way that, that your motorsport stuff can, can help them, with those things. So let's say that the next year they're having a 75th anniversary for something. You can talk about, you know, how you could help throw a massive party or you could, you know, do a keynote speech at their, at their big, you know, event or something like that. You can kind of link it all together and suddenly they can start to picture it. So doing research and looking at goals isn't just, you know, something that you have to do before, um, before pitching. It's actually something that you need to weave into your pitch as well. And, and I, I find that, I mean, I've got pictures from drivers where, and you know, that people who are in the sponsorship community already know exactly what I'm trying to do because I'm really open about it. And yet people that have pitched me from there still don't address my goals. Um, so I know this is something that people get kind of stuck on. And I know that it can, 
it takes a lot of practice to kind of get used to this, like how you look at someone's website and what they're doing. But even if you can't work out exactly what their goal is, at least reference something that they're doing or will be doing in the future. Because again, it shows personality and it shows that you've done your homework. Yeah, completely. And that kind of brings me on to social media, Jess. I think a lot, um, something that a lot of people do um, wrong or maybe miss a trick is when someone follows you, um, lots of people get hung on the amount of followers, you, followers you've got. Um, having a big audience is great, of course, but if they're not engaged, then there's no point. Um, but I think a lot, of, a lot of people, and this is only just from my experience of me following other accounts, is that um, you never get an acknowledgement that you've been followed. Now, lots of businesses follow racing drivers if they have A, an interest in motorsport, or B, their target audience could be through motorsport channels. Um, and I've had some really amazing chats with people and companies uh, quite recently just by acknowledging the fact that they followed me. Um, and it's not an opportunity to talk about yourself, but I think a lot of drivers miss this boat because I've actually followed lots of drivers recently and I've never had a hello um, or anything back. Now, that might be because I'm a racing driver like them and there's not a lot of need to, but what you've got to imagine is, is if there's a business that follows you, the next time that happens, don't just ignore the follow, acknowledge it. It's your opportunity to say, hey, how are you? Thanks for following me. Um, your business looks really cool. What have you been up to? Have you got anything going on? Um, and on, on social media, you can make it really relaxed like that and chilled out. Jess, what are your thoughts on that? Because you obviously get lots of people that, that follow you and you follow them. And do you get any, any of that kind of response? So I've, I don't think I've ever had anyone message me after I followed them saying thanks for the follow but I might get a message later on from someone saying oh I just really love what you're doing I've been enjoying your feed something like that but I used to do this like every driver that followed me on Instagram um, I would message personally saying hey you can find some extra resources here or you can ask me questions but I just don't have time to do that now now that especially now that my Instagram is growing like 30 or 40 people a week I wish I could still do that but if a business follows me and I know that there could you know one day maybe be some kind of partnership or I might want to buy something from them or vice versa um I will always say thank you so sorry I don't do it racing drivers <laughs> but I, I certainly with kind of like my personal account like if a car company follows me and I know that there's you know maybe potential work for that there for me in the future if I build the right relationship then I'll say thank you but I think, you know, drivers don't necessarily have to spend like a lot of time on this, but even just like maybe once a week or once a month, go through new followers and just send like a hey to people and just, you know, ask a question, especially if you think that there's, there might be a bit of synergy there. You know, maybe someone from your dream kind of company has, has followed you. You should absolutely jump on that because it's, it's not a cold lead then that they've already been warmed up by the fact that they're following you. So I think it's quite important just to kind of keep an eye on your socials because I think people underestimate what a powerful tool social media can be for building sponsorship relationships. Definitely. And put it this way, I've got two sponsorships from the back of just chatting on social media. So it yeah. works. I, and I would say I've got probably all of mine but one from chatting on social media. Um, it, and it, you know, it doesn't even have to be a message. Like even if someone's not following you, just kind of getting involved in what they're talking about on social media can be enough to get them to follow you. Especially if what you're saying is, you know, entertaining or informative. 
this is why I think LinkedIn is so good because it's so easy to get involved in discussions with people that, that you don't already have a connection with. So you can kind of open up that relationship just by, you know, talking to them on a post that they've made. I think that's really valuable. Yeah. Can we talk about what people do wrong on LinkedIn? Because I've seen um, race teams at really high level on LinkedIn. I've seen racing drivers on LinkedIn promoting what they do. I think it'd be a really nice point actually here now to talk about what people do wrong on LinkedIn because mm. what I've seen lately from some famous drivers, yes, I've seen some, you know, some very famous drivers, some very well-established teams do this where they've sort of gone, um, we are on ITV4, you know, so many rounds of the year. Um, you're going to get your brand in front of millions of viewers. And they're going to know exactly who you're talking about. And and then you go uh, and the post gets really little engagement mm. um and quite right they're probably they have got amazing things to offer like if you know the team and you know what they're doing and you know where they're going then for sure they've got some amazing stuff on offer but the fact they get very little engagement shows to me that actually no, no one, one was bothered yeah no. um so yeah let's let's talk about what people do wrong on linkedin what have you seen jess so um th- there's one um, person who works for a team that I'm always seeing that is like we're up and coming and we've got all of these partnerships available get in touch if you want to know more I don't want to know more mate sorry <laughs> and I, I think everyone like it'll get like two likes and it's from people who drive for the team it's just embarrassing and I think businesses see it and think you're just asking for money without offering anything whereas like uh, you know, I'm not one to complain about stuff without giving a solution. So sure. a better approach would be to say, this is what we did with a recent sponsor and look how happy they are. Here's a testimonial or here's a smiling face because that says so much more. And like, you know, if you're a big team in a big series, you should have lots of photography of your sponsors um, enjoying themselves. If you can, if you can maybe post a picture of hospitality and everyone having fun, maybe something a bit exclusive and behind the scenes, then businesses will see that and think, I want to be part of that. I want to go and talk to all these other businesses. And suddenly you've got interest and engagement. And by having the engagement, that post goes further. So it's not just the people in your network who are seeing it. So I think, I think that's like my biggest bugbear on LinkedIn is, is, is people just saying, well, on anywhere is just saying, Hey, can I have some money because I race or I run a race team and we go on television when actually there's so much, so many more effective ways to do it that will literally have sponsors knocking on your door. Yeah, literally. It's just a strategy change, isn't it? Like if you do these activities all the time anyway, and you've got amazing content and you've got like, say, video footage, pictures, live testimonials from their guests, um, they're going to go like a tenfold. They're going to they're gonna be incredible. I did a little post on LinkedIn quite a while ago, actually, just after my uh, one of my sponsors' track days at Brands Hatch where I put some little testimonial quotes up of some of the guests that was there. Um, we, I did a little talk about kind of what went on during the day and what results kind of came out of it. And the engagement I got was incredible. I had loads of people sort of private message me more than I did, than I did commenting. Um, but it was like, wow, how do I get involved in that? How does this work? And straight away, you're getting conversation with people. And I th- I, yeah, I just think, yeah, it's just, it's just a mindset thing, Jess, isn't it? I think it's just what you talk about so much is don't talk about yourself talk about either a the people that are actually getting benefit from this right now from your sponsors and your current clients 
or how you can align that with potentially people's goals. Um, and it is just such a simple mindset change and it's amazing the difference afterwards, what kind of response you get. Um, and just on the kind of LinkedIn front, I, I'm not, I'm not an expert for sure. You know, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm kind of building my own profile up and stuff, but I'm actually getting quite a lot of famous racing drivers view my profile now on LinkedIn, which shows that I'm clearly doing something right because I'm getting engagement with companies and motorsport people. So yeah, just a little, uh, just a little heads up. <laughs> so um there's i guess an old adage that probably goes back to english class but it's something as a writer i think about a lot is show don't tell and that actually goes for social media as well especially if you're talking about what you're doing in in sponsorship just saying you know something like hey there's sponsorship available is a bit redundant well of course there is you're a racing driver but and just saying things like oh yes sponsorship packages available and you'll be on itv4 okay fine that you're telling what what you're doing again it's a feature whereas if you're showing maybe some like tv coverage but again like no one really cares about tv coverage really but if you if you're showing like lots of people at a race and lots of people gathered around your car lots of eyes on the branding or maybe you did a spot a bit of sponsorship activation in the garage and you had products there or signage there showing that kind of stuff tells so much more than sponsorship available so like let, let's say there's a picture of a driver in a garage lots of people around and then maybe some you know drinks products they're all drinking these drinks products and ch chatting to the racing driver whilst stood around the car that tells you we can have your products in the garage we will get your products in the hands of people we have people in our garage throughout our race weekend who are excited to chat to the racing driver. Racing driver will actively promote your brand. It, tell, it tells so much more. 100%. So, <laughs> I think people should start to think about how they can show, not tell. So anytime you post anything, are you telling your audience what you're doing or are you showing them? Yeah, for sure. I think we've just put, again, like say, Jess, it's good to always find a solution to problems. And um, I think this is a really positive spin on, you know, what people are currently doing um, versus how you can just make them small changes to make it super incredible. And, um, and genuinely, race teams at all levels, racing drivers at all levels can do such amazing things for sponsors that you're then making it almost a no brainer for them companies to go, do you know what? let's have a bit of that let's let's get involved because this looks pretty cool and i think this will really work for our company versus oh, okay they're on it before and then the dead silence afterwards of <laughs> no one clicking the like or even engaging in the post so yeah. yeah it works doesn't it it works i've seen some i have seen some amazing posts from race teams you know i want to i want to flip this over now and look at the good side of it i've seen some amazing posts by racing drivers and some some really good content on there that's been really engaging and you know, even, even as a driver myself, I'm like, I want to be part of that. That looks so cool. There was a piece of footage I saw on Netflix or, or a series on Netflix called Drive to Survive. I'm not sure if the viewers have seen it. I don't know if you have, Jess. I actually um, haven't, which is quite embarrassing. I, need, I know I need to. <laughs> it's amazing. It's probably amazing. But that whole um, series is actually quite subliminary to sponsorship and how F1 teams activate sponsors. Because I think that the industry of F1, because of how lucrative it is for sponsors but also how expensive it is to be there in f1 and um, i think actually netflix almost got briefed by f1 to try and elevate f1 for sponsors and for fans so obviously it was a very engaging uh, series where almost as a fan you feel like you're a part of it um mm. but the content on there and all the slow b-roll and the real kind of like 
you know up close and personal with the drivers and seeing it you know properly not just the not just the tv coverage of f1 because that's just watching the race this is actually the behind the scenes i actually think if you can create that kind of content um a for your sponsors which is awesome that'll be a massive thumbs up because they would get so much from it but if you kind of created some sort of content like that with a media team then how awesome would that look to attract more sponsorship because i watched that whole series and there was episodes where i got goosebumps and if i was a business owner that was rich enough to be able to sponsor f1 to get obviously all the all the benefit out of out of using f1 as a, as a kind of tool just on the emotive reasons alone i'd be like i'm there <laughs> sign me up now um because it's fantastic and i'm sure so there's many listening to this podcast that have probably watched that and they'll get what i mean but just that kind of content that's super slick and super cool is really engaging and uh yeah i think that kind of stuff should be should be made for a current sponsors and also to try and attract them yeah, absolutely. And you can do that at any level. Like I've worked with drivers at, you know, proper budget club level who are doing video content like that. And it's brilliant. And I, you know, I did a, a, a TV show about 750 Motor Club and we had so many cool shots of like the cars and we went to Snesterton and we, we, you know, we talked about different local races because it was for local television. And it was just so good to showcase motorsport in that way. And I think more people need to see that. And if more people at like club moving up into like pro-am level did that, then you'd have more spectators at races as well. For sure. Which yeah, is another sure. kettle of fish. <laughs> yeah, and, and that kind of, you're then working for the community of racing to grow an audience, which then gives bigger numbers towards central sponsors and all the good stuff. And it's all about promoting the whole sport, isn't it? You know, mm. this sport we're part of is absolutely fantastic. And those that are listening are here because they also love it. So yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a good Good course to do that, Jess. Absolutely. Um, yeah, shall we move on to our driver of the week? Yes, I think we should. Now, this driver is someone who has just consistently impressed me because he gets it. So it's Davin Sturdivant, and um, he is an American carter and sim racer. And he is, he is living proof that you can get sponsored for karting and lots of people say to me oh you know there's not much real estate on the car for stickers and obviously i say stickers on a car don't matter no one cares hmm. but he he understands how to bring value to a business no matter kind of what he's doing so you know when there was no karting on he was you know doing sim racing and bringing value to his sponsors in that way so i've actually had a lot of chats with davin he's he's just so switched on and so kind of business and sponsorship savvy that it just made sense to to include him as um our driver of the week this week so congratulations davin and thank you for kind of engaging with racing mentor in the way that you have and and promoting what we're doing we really appreciate it yeah massive congratulations there's a there's another awesome uh, driver of the week jess i think yeah he's pretty cool i was having a look through his instagram this morning and like you say um i'll just echo exactly what you've said jess he's he's doing amazing things and for for people here in this podcast that are currently carters he's quite an inspiration to to look at for a kind of real real case scenario of actually a carter that's getting great sponsorship from yeah from carton you know there are lots of people have that like you say jess of you know there's not much real estate on on the cart who cares <laughs> yeah yeah there's so much more that you can do and um if you want to follow him on instagram he is at relaxed driver um so easy enough to find um and I, i've actually relatively you know recently have um 
posted about him as well when I was talking about casting. He let me use some of his pictures, which was very nice um, as I've been running out as lockdown has kind of continued. And is that our first first driver across the pond? Because I know um, I know Keenan's going out to America soon, but um, that's our first yeah first driver across the pond, isn't it, Jess? Yeah, yeah, our first American driver, which is good. And you know, I want to continue doing this with drivers around the world because Racing Mentor is global, and I think you know people who are listening. Most of you might be in the UK, but I don't think all of you are. So um, if you want to be considered for for driver of the week, go onto the Racing Mentor sponsorship community, and you know put yourself forward we want you to be comfortable with with shouting about how great you are so um please go and do that or um you can always message me on any platform that you can find at racing mental which is most of them and i just want to kind of add one thing before we sign off i I know this episode might sound like i'm super frustrated with what people are getting wrong but i just want to kind of hammer home the point that you have to get stuff wrong to learn and it's fine if you've done all these things and you know haven't got response or haven't got engagement Uh, and if you're ever stuck come to me for the solution because you know I've literally kind of built my whole career around helping people with this kind of stuff so don't don't be afraid to to message racing mentor and say hey, I've been blanket sending emails and I don't know what what to do next and I will help you. There is no judgment. We all get stuff wrong. And I did all of these things um, when I was first starting out and I, you know, I didn't have the guidance. So don't be afraid to kind of uh, come and ask me questions, whether it's in the sponsorship group or via private message. Yeah, just to echo that, guys, um, for sure. I still message Jess from week on week, I think, Jess. I mean, I'm part of Jess's podium club, so I get a little bit more access to um to some of the extra features with Jess but yeah you you, ne- you you know never stop learning um take as much as you can from these podcasts but also if you ever get stuck like you say just just get in touch with Jess because it's quite incredible just how a simple chat with her can really change your mindset it could be just that you're having a bad day or it could be that you're genuinely struggling on on a, on a key point but I've I'm testament to that Jess um <laughs> I've, I've kind of i kind of always picking your brains about different ideas that i've got and you know would it work and i think sometimes just having someone to talk to to go through that um can really clear up a whether it's a good route to go down um or if you're actually back on the wrong tree and and sort of where to go from there so um yeah thank you for your, for your help Jess I really appreciate it oh, you're very welcome and you know like anyone um you know when they message me everyone gets a reply and follow up if I don't reply but every, everyone gets a reply and even if you know I can't give like a really lengthy answer I will always point people in the direction of resources because I've got tons of free stuff out there from you know the blog the YouTube channel this podcast it can often be hard to find the thing that you want so just ask me and I can send it over because I know exactly you know what I've written and recorded and where it is super um but that's uh that sums us up for for this week I hope you guys have all taken something from today like I say it's not about a rant of of doing things bad but it's just trying to turn something that perhaps is negative into a positive and uh I want you guys and I know Jess wants you guys to all be awesome and all doing awesome things for sponsors um so that together we grow an amazing race community together and uh yeah hope to see everyone on the grid real soon and um thanks for listening thanks for listening everyone we'll see you next week take care guys